Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. Ben is not here. Uh, this is one of those one of those episodes where Noel and I are here uh, in a room, and Paul, Mission Control Deccan, is out there, and the three of us are just missing that corporeal form of Ben, at least the one that he takes when he's in this room with us. But he's sort of like a like a conspiracy Santa Claus. Well, Santa Claus is, after all, the biggest conspiracy of all. Yeah, we've learned that. One perpetrated on children from the earliest age, and it's one that teaches them how to not trust. That's, that's correct. But he's also a spirit that exists beyond the corporeal form, as is Ben Bolin. That's right. And, so. you know, as we've discussed many a time, Ben uh, touches us all. <laughs> He's definitely touched me. (laughs) (laughs) Through the void. Ben touches us all. But he's not here, but he's on adventures. So today what we're doing is we are connecting with you. We are going to listen to the stuff that you have been leaving, the voicemails. I've been going through a lot of them. Uh, Truth be told here, there are a ton more than we're going to play. that you do want us to know about the stuff that they don't want you to know. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, so today we're just going to listen to some of these, kind of react to them in real time mm-hmm. and uh, do a little searching and research as we're going. So what you're saying is we haven't done our homework today. Is that what you're saying, man? No, no. I'm just saying I think it would be an interesting experiment to just see us react to these in real time and then go, well, if we don't know a lot about that, well, then guess what? We're going to look into it. Agreed. Um, that's the magic of, of podcast editing. We can uh, – you know, go off mic for a second, look some things up, and then come back as though that moment never actually happened. We, we might do that. Yeah. Or we might literally say, hey, this seems like something we should look into. Agreed. And we will. Yeah. So let's get started. We've got a message here from uh, someone named Stephen. Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to call in with an anecdote and a personal story. Uh, my uh, dad graduated from Texas A&M in the early 80s with a master's degree in ag science. And I listened to your last episode, reminded me of a story he always told us growing up that uh, not his department, but the poultry science guys uh, were supposedly developing a boneless chicken. Uh, whether or not they actually succeeded, you know, he, ne- he never knew, but that was always a, uh, a story we heard growing up. And then a personal story, uh, we're talking about chicken again. Uh, in college, I uh, had a good friend who worked on a Tyson chicken farm, and the uh, so-called free-range or the antibiotic-free chicken houses were one of the more horrible things on the place. You had to wear a full like Tyvek suit to go in there because there were no antibiotics, so any pathogen that got introduced could kill all of the chickens and even with that you know every morning they would go out and pick up 50 to 100 dead chickens a day just because of the conditions thanks guys uh appreciate everything you do Whew. that reminds me of like the that book the jungle by upton sinclair and just the conditions of you know meat processing plants back in the day i mean obviously this isn't that horrendous but it still seems it just seems I'm not some kind of like animal rights guy. I mean, obviously, I want animals to be treated, you know, well for the most part. But uh, that just is, it seems in- wrong to me. No, absolutely. I I grew up in Cumming, as we've talked about before in the show, and there is a large Tyson processing plant there in town, and the smell is one thing. Yep, because the smell just permeates the town on certain days when whatever they're doing in there happens. Um, But knowing that there are so many chickens brought to that facility on a, I'm assuming, a daily basis and just processed and they're being grown somewhere and where they're being grown and the the need, the demand to have that many chickens processed every day because (laughs) Americans alone eat ridiculous numbers of them every every. Day every it's cause, minute because kids really only like chicken fingers. Well, it's true, and they like they like boneless chicken, right? right. Americans really yeah, like yeah, boneless yeah. chicken. Um, and, you know, other countries around the world do as well. But um, I, you know, the concept of even though these are antibiotic-free places that are supposed to be, you know, healthier for us when we get the end product of the meat, um, the chickens are still in their suffering. Right. And getting ill because of the conditions and the demand and the the way they're stacked up together. It's weird. It's a chicken, right? We don't know exactly how much they feel, how much they think. We don't know for sure. 
but it's certainly a living being with a family, <laughs> you know, and yeah. you're there. We treat them that way. It's pretty messed up. I know. I mean, you know, every, every, whenever possible, I like to buy my meat and poultry from a farmer's market, you know, from a local farm where it's going to be just so much better conditions than that. Um, you're going to get like a whole chicken with the bones in, you know, yeah. an entire chicken that you can roast and use all the parts individually, cut the breasts out yourself. Just do a little homework, man. You know, it's not that hard. Get you a whole chicken from the farmer's market and then cut out the pieces and make your make your chicken fingers that way, you know? Yeah. I, I get it. People don't, people are busy, but it, I try to do that whenever humanly possible. Well, and there are also price, sometimes price differences and you never know. Um, it, there, it's going to range across the board, right? Can people afford to treat themselves better in that way? Well, that's true, but there also are a lot of programs there is in Atlanta and Georgia for sure, where if you are part of the SNAP program, which is the, you know, more PC version of, of food stamps, I guess what they used to call it. Um, it's a food assistance program and you can get double your money's worth at the farmer's market if you use SNAP. There was a time in my life when I was a young father and lived in Athens, Georgia, and we were on uh, food assistance for a little while and would go to the Athens farmer's market and they take your EBT card and they swipe it and they give you double the tokens. They give you literally $1 equals $2. Wow. And then, you know, you know obviously it's true. To, to get that high quality of food, it's going to cost a little more. But to have that supplement it is a really nice thing. And I don't know if that's in any other states, but it definitely is still in Georgia. They do it at the farmer's markets here. That's great insight. I, I did not know that. Uh, wow. Let us know if that uh, same thing happens where you live. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a great piece of information for, for people to be armed with. For sure. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, right before we get off of this one, let's talk about that first statement he said. Uh, he said it was a rumor, I believe, that some lab out there was trying to develop a boneless chicken. Yeah, that's one of those like urban legends yeah. you always hear about like, you know, the monster mega chicken that the nuggets come from, you know, yeah. or like a chicken that like has like eight drumsticks or whatever, you know, for KFC. Uh, I don't know, Ben, what have, what have you found about any any truth behind this uh, seeming urban legend? Oh, uh, Ben. Did I just call you Ben? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I was addressing the Ben-shaped uh, void over there at the end of the table. <laughs> but well, Matt, what do you think um, since you're here in corporeal form? So obviously the way muscles work, the way meat works in animals that we eat is that they require at least a little bit of moving around and muscle development um, to, to get meat. Um, I think it would be very strange if you could successfully make a – chicken without bones that could also be an edible product in that way. Um, but who knows? There have been stranger things that have occurred. For now, I would say probably myth. Uh, and if it is in development, it would be kept a secret and they would never let anyone know that the chicken that they're eating is actually this like globular thing with a beak. 
Yeah, probably just like whispering, kill me. Yeah. Kill me. Yeah. Nice little chicken voice. Sounds sounds awful. But we do know there are developments occurring in, you know, various other meat alternatives that would essentially be like a boneless chicken, only it would be made out of different proteins. Yeah, man. A lot of this beyond meat stuff is is nuts. Uh, I think it's interesting, especially, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by the concept of this stuff because it's sort of like it's not really for vegetarians exactly because why do they want a thing that resembles meat if they're anti-meat you know they're they're fine with eating tofu and just a veg a vegetable based diet it's maybe for people that have like weaned themselves off meat or are trying to eat less uh less red meat or whatever but the thing about that stuff is i think it's a lot of it's not particularly good for you i think it's really high in carbohydrates and and it's oh. not exactly like a quote-unquote healthier option wow but it tastes amazing. The Beyond sausages uh, are phenomenal. They just taste like just like a good kielbasa or something there. I'm really impressed. Wow, that's great. Well, um, cheers to you, uh, meat alternative industry. I look forward to one day, you know, doing that. You never tried it? I have. I've tried it. I haven't made it a part of my, like, routine, I guess, mm. or my regular diet. Yeah, it's tasty. Yeah. And they're getting in bed with all these big corporations like Burger King and McDonald's and stuff. And I think that's why uh, Beyond Meat's stock is really, really riding high right now because they got uh, – I believe it was a Burger King deal. There's a Beyond Whopper. Yeah. Maybe it's impossible. Those are the two big ones. Who knows? Look, it's it's out there. Check it out. Um, I For my money, a good black bean burger still – it still works for me. You can do a lot of amazing things with veg, vegetarian cooking. Just mm-hmm. with – you know, it's all about the seasoning and the – and just getting a good texture and, you know, being creative. You don't have to have chicken or steak and everything. Absolutely. Thank you, Stephen, for sending that interesting information in about chickens. Let's move on to the next caller. Uh, here we go. The plant that they sent to space is pronounced Arabidopsis. It's the name of the genus. There's many subspecies, but Arabidopsis is sort of the gold standard lab rat plant. So if you imagine, you know, we all use mice in our lab studies. Arabidopsis is like the plant version. We study it for everything. Same with fruit flies. Just so you know, Arabidopsis. Well, hey, all right. That's a fun fact. We do, we do fun facts on here sometimes. Uh, I genuinely cannot recall what episode this is referring to or when we had this discussion about whatever plant gets tested out in space by the International Space Station teams. Uh, but uh, hey. Well, one thing's for sure. We must have pronounced it like some dum-dums. <laughs> uh, that's clearly the purpose of, uh, of this caller's call. And, and I, d- I did find out that it's a flowering plant. It's called Arabidopsis thaliana. And uh, according to this article on nature.com, it's a very important model system for identifying genes and what their individual functions are. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And uh, there you go. Thank you, Arabidopsis. Thank you, caller. Uh, we learned something new, Arabidopsis. It's fun to say. <laughs> Okay, before we get to some more listener voicemails, let's take a quick sponsor break. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just 
$25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we're back. Let's hear some more. Hello, my name's Clay. I'm 45 years old from Greenville, South Carolina. Long time listener, first time caller. Just listened to the episode of uh, World Without Cash. Just wanted to let y'all know there are people who don't use credit cards or any type of cards at all. I am married. My wife, she does use her card or with every purchase uh, she buys online and all of that. While I will walk around with five, $600 worth of cash and I pay everything in cash because I don't trust it. I understand the system. I respect the system. It is convenient. Just don't trust it. It's easily tracked. It's, uh, you know, people don't worry about their change. Uh, I do. Every dollar counts for me. I pay in cash every day. I make every payment, everything in cash, because I don't want my bank or everybody to know where I shop all the time. Love the show. Keep it up. You know, caller makes. I love this. I feel Clay. like we're like 
Clay. Mm-hmm. I just, I want to refer to everyone as Caller. Okay, it okay. just makes me feel like a, like a morning drive time DJ. You know, sure, sure. Thanks, Caller. Uh, Clay uh, makes a good point. Um, it is really easy to to have your money like nickel and dimed away. Yeah, uh, just by you know, obviously there's fees, but then there's all kinds of other little stuff. Like let's say you use an ATM that's not your bank. That ATM charges you some money, and then your bank charges you some money on top of that. So for the privilege of taking your money out of a non you know bank sponsored whatever you want to call it ATM you end up paying a good 6 bucks sometimes i mean some of those machines cost 350 and then your bank will charge you an equal if not greater amount on top of that so you've literally just paid a vig for the privilege of accessing your money dude no thank you yeah here i totally identify with what clay is saying here uh, thank you for calling in you keep all your money in a mattress matt don't you no, that's no. why they call you matt <laughs> yeah exactly that's how it whole it all started yeah. it was in utero and i was oh, like yeah. i was like mom i need to put all my cash under the mattress or the crib it's your inheritance um so i can totally see what he's talking about here, not trusting the system for all the reasons we talked about on that episode and also the ones that Clay is talking about here and just general tracking of what you're doing. It just feels icky sometimes. It doesn't mean we're doing anything wrong. It just means I'd rather not have somebody peering through the window and looking at everything I'm doing. Um, But the other thing here for me is a personal finance issue. When I have found, at least in my experience, that when I just am going around using a card for everything, even if I'm getting notifications or an email about each specific purchase or something, I'm not really keeping track of all the spending I'm doing on that card. Right. And unless I'm expensing it for work or something, it just kind of goes out into the void and I forget. Oh, I spent $20 here, $10 here, $5 here, $50 here. And then I'll look at my bank statement knowing that a payment is coming up or my uh, credit card statement and just go, wow, I spent way more money than I thought I did. I eat a lot of ramen. <laughs> like the you good know? ramen? Yeah, or? The, good, the good ramen. Okay. We have a ramen place in our building. Oh, yes, yes, and yes. And yes, you yes. and I, we often do our family little get-togethers at ramen places. Yeah. So, no, but you're right. And the thing is, you know, you can do this. You can go in and type a particular type of expense and add it up and see how much of it. But then you get to the point where you almost like you don't want to do that because then you'll feel like a jerk, you know, for how wasteful you are with your money. It's a slippery slope, my friend. Yeah. And with the cash – you know, you have a finite amount in your pocket. It's an easier way to, like, tell yourself, this is how much I have for this amount of time. This is how much I'm going to spend. Leave the cards at all. With credit cards, don't even get me started on credit cards. That's imaginary money to the nth degree. Yeah. It's so easy to justify spending a credit card because you don't it's, – it's, it's like something you just are pushing off. You're punting it into the future. And that's what credit card companies rely on is you making that cal- – and then knowing you're not going to pay the full balance off. And don't get me started. This is obviously not a financial advisor show, but these things matter. And this is all inherent in this cashless system is everyone's got to make their money somehow through using your money and parlaying your money and making it accessible to you. But you can ask yourself, why do I need somebody else to make my money accessible to me? You know, you don't. Well, let's, uh, I agree. Let's stay on the money train and uh, let's hear from our next caller. Thank you, Clay. Check my money whistle. I did. Hey, Matt, Ben, Noel, super producer, Paul. Just had to pause the episode for cash that y'all was doing and uh, wanted to comment about the 
uh, ability of banks to control the cash. Uh, off the top of my head, I do know that uh, banks are making it more difficult for uh, people in the uh, firearm industry to be able to bank. And also, uh, even more so, uh, the ability of people who grow cannabis uh, in the uh, cannabis industry, it's pretty darn difficult for them to uh, be able to uh, use financing and banks in order to grow their business. Just wanted to uh, drop that on you. Keep on kicking ass and taking names. Back to the episode. <laughs> Doing our job for us. <laughs> Very good. Nice transition. That's what we in the biz call a transition. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, okay, let's talk about this. Um, banking industry making it more difficult for the arms industry. I'm assuming we're talking about the smaller arms industries like uh, gun stores. Like T-Rexes with small arms? Yes, like T-Rexes. No, well, I guess, I mean, uh, smaller businesses Got that it. deal in firearms sure. because, you know, the the sale of weapons on large scales, uh-huh. that uh, moves economies, my it, friend. Yeah, well, no, no doubt. So, you know, the banking system has no problem moving uh, the, the large production, let's say, and distribution of firearms um, and missiles, to that matter. Sure. And grenades and all that's, that stuff. That's how you change the course of history yeah. is with weapons and, and you know, large-scale weapons of mass destruction. Just the threat of using them, the existence of using them, that is what turns the tide of history, you know, not to put too fine a point on it. But that's a commodity in and of itself of scale, you know? Yes, and and – Banks are very much excited about getting in on Why wouldn't the, they be? They yeah. don't care who wins. Exactly. Um, in the it, same way that we give, you know, weapons to other countries and then re- then those countries no longer are allies, but yet we finance, you know, their uh, infighting with, you know, it, it, anyway, don't get me started on that. But Yeah, sure. Well, well okay. So I guess what what's being said here is that perhaps banks are – somehow preventing smaller uh, gun shop owners or smaller manufacturers or something, uh, preventing them in some way from using the the general banking system that we're all aware of and used to. Um, I don't know. I I haven't seen that anywhere. I haven't researched this, but I'm certainly going to look into it after Mm -hmm. hearing this. Mm -hmm. The the other note that is placed here is that cannabis industry – is having a difficult time functioning within the traditional banking system. Sure. And we mentioned that in our episode. Yeah. And I wanted to actually kind of dovetail off of this one with another call that we got. Is this one about cannabis? Because I've got a thing to add, but maybe I'll just this, wait. Yeah, wait, because this okay. is this is about cannabis as well. I thought this was interesting because it seems to be coming from um, a firsthand knowledge place. So let's listen to this one as well. Thank you for calling in. Here we go. Hi guys, my name is Justice. I just finished listening to your episode about the world being cashless. Um, In Oregon and lots of other states where cannabis is legal (laughs) and we can have legal drug deals, if you will, as a dispensary, most companies do not allow, especially Visa, does not allow cannabis industry companies to process money through their company. So it makes it kind of a weird 
conundrum where we have getting close to cashless society, but an entire industry that is very large and making a lot of money that's not allowed to put their cash into the cashless system. So anyways, things are changing, laws are changing. Visa will be allowing cannabis-related industry transactions to happen, hopefully soon, because of all the legislation happening. But just one of those things to put out there is, like, what happens when something's legal in one state, but our money is run by a countrywide, worldwide system? Is that the gray market? How do we deal with all of that? Thank you, guys. You guys are the best. I really appreciate everything that you put out there. Have a great day. Okay, this is good. This yeah. is exactly what I was going to talk about. Okay. I'm going to take this opportunity. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I smoke cannabis, um, <gasps> but only in states where it's legal, right? Yeah. Uh, and one of those states is Oregon. I've spent a lot of time, I've spent a decent amount of time in Oregon and I've been Cal- in California and I've been to these dispensaries and it's really interesting the way they do business. They basically are set up like their cash register system. It's like they're an ATM. They're, they're not doing direct deals with the bank. You're giving them your card and they're putting in an even amount. Like let's say your tab is 52.75 or whatever like okay. that. They'll round it to 50 and then they'll give you back change of whatever the overage was over the even number. And, I, and I found out that it's because they're literally set up as like this independent kind of ATM machine. So instead of having to go to an ATM, take cash out, you're just doing the transaction with them. And then they have this little cash drawer that pops out. So they give you change back. And I don't quite understand how it I works. I have no idea. But Everyone I've been to, that's how it works, and they always charge you an even amount, and they sort of explain it a little bit, but not in too much detail, and they end up giving you back a buck fifty or three dollars and twenty five cents in cash. Wow, yeah, and it, it, it makes perfect sense because what happens when an industry uh, exceeds the legalities of like another industry, like right? So we've got cannabis, which is semi legal or it's legal in parts, but obviously the international banking or the you know the international banking system is still old school and it, and it doesn't fully recognize. It has to make that choice. You know, just because yes. something's legal in a state doesn't mean. American banks are all going to be on board with it and be able to say, oh, well, now all of a sudden we're changing our policy, too, to match up with this uh, new change in the law for one particular industry. So, it, you know, it's the same with getting a loan, for example, to, to, to start a dispensary or what have you. That can be difficult, too. Oh, absolutely. It's an interesting, interesting conundrum, like she was saying. You know, I, I really am fascinated by the whole way to seeing banking catch. Like she's saying, you know, now maybe soon you'll be able to, you know, tr- process transactions with Visa directly. But that's not the case right now. So it's all these little kind of fixes, these short-term fixes, you know. I, I think we should do an entire episode on the American cannabis industry uh, or maybe focus on a single state or something and really analyze how it functions, how it works, and really what effects this industry has had on the black market of, of, of cannabis in the U.S. and how it, things are changing. Because I honestly don't know. We've, we've touched on it a little bit. But – you know, we focused on like a cancer cure or maybe something uh, a little more niche within right. the within the cannabis world. But how the industry functions is fascinating. I don't want to scoop my my contact, but I, I mentioned this guy to you. Been in talks with the with the gentleman who's pitching some really great 
kind of true crime ideas. And I'm not going to go into specifics because I don't want to, you know, blow up his spot. But he has one story that's very specifically about a particular group of black market marijuana traders that have been in the game since the beginning or you know, not since the beginning, for a long time, multi-generational yeah. family marijuana cartel, let's call it. But for like, not a cartel like that murders people, just kind of like a group of family members, multi-generational generational that grows marijuana and is very, very good at it in a particular part of the country. What happens when all of a sudden it becomes legal and your black market operation that you've been running very carefully over all of these years and passed down you know, the secrets of it to generations, all of a sudden your margins are gone – you know, you, you you are kind of put out of the job because the prices go down, you yeah. know, when it becomes more widely available and there's not as much risk behind it. Not to mention that so much law enforcement, there's so much corruption in law enforcement of robbing people like this, taking their product, selling it to rival, you know, I mean, there's all, you know, that stuff happens. We know that stuff happens. Yeah. And this story that I'm talking about, I can't wait to get into it with this guy because I think it's going to be a real doozy. Um, but yeah. Dude, I want to, I want to learn about that. I want to learn what happens when Philip Morris and these massive tobacco companies get into the game. Well, you know they're going to because they're we talked about this before. They they're the ones that fight uh, legalization more than anybody. Yeah. You know, the same as with the alcohol companies and the same with Big Pharma and all that, you know? I actually spoke with Justice briefly on the phone after she left this message because I wanted to clarify a couple of nice. things. And then I uh edited this down a little bit. Uh but it is really interesting to me and I wanna I just want to understand when like will Americans accept, and I think we will, uh, in general, of course, not not all of us, but um, accept a giant, like a Marl Marlboro version of marijuana? Will we accept it? Yeah, like will will the market actually accept it? Will will it oh, be purchased? I, I, they might get laughed off the block, right? Well, yeah, it might, or it might be the cheapest. Thing you can possibly buy out there. Well, the and only way, it, it would have to be the best and cheapest. Yeah. They would have to do that, you know, use their corporate mojo, figure out how to make a product that not only is really good, but is yeah. also cheaper than everything else and put other people out of business. And they could do that because they have the R&D to do something like that if they decided to go that route. But they probably would sleep. They would probably keep it under wraps for a long time yeah. and then roll it out, you know? Wow. Oh, he, I could isn't see that, that wild? Do you think – just I'm going to ask you this just as an opinion. Do you think there will be a market for flavored cannabis in the same way that there's a market for the e-cigarettes that's being – like starting to become regulated now and like stopped? I don't think so because I don't know – you know, with, with, with cannabis culture, it's sort of like getting a fine cognac or like a, a fine, you know, batch of, of, of whiskey that's brewed, you know, with thought. And like – yeah. I mean, of course, it's mass produced. But, you know, people have their favorite strains and they have their favorite whatever. But the flavor comes from, you know, when you get like a blueberry kush or whatever, it doesn't actually taste like magic blueberries or whatever. Well, what I'm asking you is like would that – do you think that's going to be a thing? Be- it's certainly – why isn't it already? What I'm saying is because these these um, substances like nicotine that are, you know, I it's see a drug essentially like, that's like, regulated. Like a THC vape that has flavor components in it or whatever. I, I, I guess Something one, like that. Because it's a marketing strategy, right, for 
you know, whether anyone wants to admit it or not, a marketing strategy that um, assists in getting a younger crowd yeah, interested. You don't think they've gotten so much bad press for that that they're got, they're, they're going to lean away from that stuff from now on because of all the jewel stuff and, you know, the epidemic with vaping in schools and kids. I would think, Mar- you know, a big company wouldn't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. God forbid they be accused of trying to hook young kids on marijuana. Yeah. You know, the gateway drug, whatever, you know. I guess it just depends on how the regulation actually ends up coming down uh, right. over I mean, time. But there's flavored vodka. There's, yeah, that's you know, what I mean. There's like, all that stuff. You're right. And it just feels like one of those things that is going to happen and it's going to weird me out. But yeah, and my, my, my counter to like, do you think this, why would this ever happen with all the heat that's come down on like Jewel, for example? Um, I think in five years, ten years, anything can be essentially a slate can be wiped clean for something like that. I think you're right. I think you're right. Because we'll just for, gotta, we'll forget. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> short memory, you know, and, and weed will just make that memory even shorter. Oh, <laughs> great. Let's take a quick break here and hear from a sponsor. Then we'll return with another message. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. 
your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. All right. Let's jump to a story. Oh, uh, Noel, I think you're going to like this one. Here we go. Greetings. My name is David, and I'm addressing anyone curious about the QAnon subculture. My father mustered out of the Army at the end of World War II. He earned a degree in rocket thermodynamics and spent his entire career in the aerospace industry. He held Q clearance from the inception of that DOE civilian classification. I didn't know this until well after he retired, and he only confided in me things that were already public knowledge, and that's my point. Persons with that level clearance don't get there by accident, and they sure as hell don't go public. Classification is compartmentalized and specialized. Q clearance gets you into Area 51 for specific programs, for instance, prototyping and range testing MERV, multiple independent reentry vehicles. But that doesn't mean you get an automatic invite to the star chamber. Simply doesn't work that way. Anyone claiming otherwise has no credibility. The public in general and the QAnon fathers specifically need to understand that people at that level of clearance are closely monitored. Posting on social media, let alone 4chan, is not going to go unnoticed. Q clearance goes beyond top secret. They operate, metaphorically speaking, in rarefied atmosphere. The subculture might not heed this, but the rest of us should understand that we can engage their claims with reason and not rancor. The QAnon subculture is designed to sow suspicion and divisive conspiratorial nonsense. Even if someone went rogue, it's likely that the Q and QAnon doesn't exist. Hmm. Now, this is really interesting. David is uh, seems to have experience, at least uh, through his family. I mean, he's in there talking about how his father possibly worked with Merv, uh, multiple independently targetable reentry vehicles. Not to be confused with Merv Griffin. Yeah, yeah. And it's not really a vehicle. It's a rocket right. um, that has multiple warheads inside of it. It's bonkers looking. Um, it, it's, it looks like, you know, those incense cones that you burn from the top and they kind of, you know, like they look like upside like Christmas trees or whatever. Mm-hmm. It looks like that, but it's like a, a combination of that and the chamber of a revolver almost where it, around the edges are like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of these. And then in the center, there's an additional one. And then that piece is encased in like, you know, the rocket, the, the warhead, you know, yeah. and ca- casing or whatever. Wow. I mean, and it's it's an intense weapon and a technology that must have been extremely secret when it was being developed. Um, and it's really, I mean, this guy who just called our show, his father worked on it, I guess. Um, amazing. Uh, and he's basically saying that someone that has that level of security clearance is not going to go on some website and leak information. Yeah. Because that person, in order to attain that level of clearance – was vetted so like this there was such scrutiny put in the vetting of that person right um that it is highly unlikely that it wouldn't happen and if it did happen it probably wouldn't be through 4chan essentially what he's saying um and david is saying that qanon i have to go back and listen to it again but he's saying that the stuff from qanon is meant to be divisive i can't you know i can't prove that that's the reason that it's 
you know, QAnon became such a thing, right? Sure. But it has certainly had that effect. Uh, can I read a thing? Sure, um, absolutely. Uh, this, is a, this is a response we got to the QAnon episode that oh, I okay. thought was really interesting. Uh, QAnon, please read and go deeper. And again, to your point, I, I feel like a lot of this stuff is malarkey and a lot of this stuff is kind of trumped up uh, imagination run wild, um, meaning attached to something that really isn't there. But this person thinks otherwise. And okay. so in the interest of seeing both sides, I wanted to read a couple of excerpts Great. from this email. Hi, I just wanted to email since I expected better from you all. I was very disappointed on this. You missed the whole point. No mention of the Q proofs. So many that it is mathematically impossible to write off as coincidence. No mention that the reason Q writes the way he does is to get people thinking. Uh, no mention of the Q Q clock, very little talk of Q posts themselves, and more focus on what people think Q confirms when someone gets it right. Obviously, didn't look into how many times Q has been right. No mention of Q Plus, who is pretty much known to, the, uh, to be the president. Q is a team, and you can tell by the different writing styles. Again, you miss the whole point of Q is to do your own research and form your own opinions. Don't just take it from Q or from anyone else. Also, the first post was to get people's attention. However, while I do not put stock that Q knows the future, sometimes he'll be wrong as time schedules change. So, okay, I'm not going to name names of this person. And I, you know, I think we all respect everyone's right to have an opinion and, and, and uh, you know, go down whatever rabbit holes you choose to go down. But I feel like a lot of this is, is what we're saying. It's like you assign your own meaning. This person even said it's to make you think and to do your own research. And, and I don't know what, about the Q proofs. Do you know about the Q proofs? We – yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk too much. But Ben and I have looked into it pretty extensively and there's more if we ever wanted to do another episode on it. It just feels like a rabbit hole that I don't know if I want to go down. Right. Um. That's and, fair. And, and and I think, you know, I we we try very hard not to let our personal opinions, you know, seep into what we do here on this show. For me, it's so much research that is going to be required. It's there's so much writing. And did you notice how many things were referenced in that email that you just read? How many different things? Right. All of those are like days worth. Each one of those is days worth of research that we would need to do. Um, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we can get into it. Um, I'll just take like a vacation. Ben will take. Yeah, we'll all just go on vacation. And that's not a vacation. We can do. That's not a vacation. That's well, not. just from work. Like not do any work except for research Q and That's called work. <laughs> all right. Well. I guess you're right. I think we need a proper vacation to like the Keys or something, you know? Okay. Well, for now, uh, thank you for for sending that in, uh, David, and thank you for writing in uh, writer there, whoever you are. Mm -hmm. um, we appreciate – you know, we we generally appreciate criticism and, and we take it to heart. We get what you're saying. We wanted to talk about QAnon on a high level that, that we could all kind of – get an understanding without going too deep into the nitty-gritty. All right, let's move on to our next caller. Hi, I have something concerning about the duck population of the United States. It appears that instead of floating, they have legs that stretch to the bottom of the lake bed in which they are resting. The world needs to know. Well, for, for, first off, that is a terrifying image to me personally. <laughs> Uh, as you know, my position on on avian <laughs> creatures. Yeah. 
not yeah, that's <laughs> that's just nightmare fuel right there. Uh, I don't know if I can engage with this thought experiment. What, do you, just, what, what do you know about this? I'm man? just trying to imagine. Are they big muscular a gaggle, legs? A really big gaggle of ducks with these really dangly legs. Ooh. They go all like hundreds of feet down, and they're just kind of waddling along. <laughs> Where is this coming from, caller? <laughs> and then somehow when they get up to fly, when they begin to like fly off of the surface of the lake, their legs just retract quickly or something. Yeah, I don't know, man. Ooh. Well, this guy's um, clearly messing with us, right? Yeah, this okay. is a joke. A good uh, we, we've, we've asked people to send in joke things. We've, we've received one. I appreciate it. I appreciate it too, but it also uh, – I don't know how I feel about this. Nightmares one. for you, sir. Thank you, whoever you are. <laughs> Thank you. Next caller. Next caller. Hi. Okay. All I want to know is what happened to the Transgenesis podcast. It never actually came out. There were tons of ads. I was super psyched, and it never came out. What happened? This isn't a conspiracy. The show does exist, and it is absolutely fabulous. It just isn't called Transgenesis anymore. They changed the name uh, to The Second Oil Age, which is a little bit more of a thematic quality that the show represents um, from the genius mind of our friend and yours, Mr. Robert Lamb, and also uh, beautiful, beautiful sound design by Alex Williams. Lauren Vogelbaum. Lauren Vogelbaum. creating it. Uh, I play a character named Tex Americana. Yes. Or Tex America, excuse me, and I get to to do my best Alex Jones voice. It's um, great. So if you want to hear hear me um, bloviating and popping blood vessels in my temples, <laughs> uh, I really gave it my all in that performance. So check out The Second Oil Age. It's out in full. You can binge the whole thing now on uh, the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get podcasts. Yes, this is not a, a commercial. This is just happened to come up. Um, I'm also in that show, too, and it's officially on my slate, my slate. Um, I really, really enjoy it. The whole season is available, so go listen right now. Hey, I just listened to your podcast on the Smiley Face Killers. There's a podcast called uh, Radio Rental. One of the guys recounts his story, and he thinks that they were trying to kidnap him. Like, he thinks that that's who tried to kidnap him was the uh, so-called, quote-unquote, smiley face killers. Hey, bye. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, oh, wow. I know which, I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I, I haven't listened to the whole series yet, but caller, uh, you may have already found it by now. I don't know when this voicemail was from, but we did a fantastic interview with our buddy Payne Lindsay, uh, the executive producer and host of Radio Rental, and really got some cool insight into how he found these stories. He gave us some of the background from some of these crazy kind of weird Reddit threads that he went down to, to get this stuff, and just how a show like that comes together. Um, um, and there's some he, – hearing it from him and hearing how the stories affected him I thought was a really cool uh, entry point, entryway into into this show, which I think is quite good. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I actually – it's funny that this caller mentioned this. I had actually texted Payne and specifically asked him if that episode or if this uh, story – it's in episode three, by the way, of Radio Rental if you want to listen to it. It's the last story in that episode. Um, I asked him if he – thought it might be connected to the smiley face serial killer at all. And he was like, dude, I, yeah, we like the guy thinks that. And it like seems to match up just to quickly give you an overview of the story. Dude is out with his friend at a bar drinking, uh, who's telling the story. Uh, a woman comes up to them at the bar 
She's clearly got this like long red hair that seems like maybe a wig or just isn't like the, her natural hair color. She's talking them up. She's buying them drinks, like spending a lot of money on them, buying them drinks. His friend, our storyteller, his friend gets very, very drunk. And at the point when he is so intoxicated, this woman talks, begins flirting with him only, the guy who's incredibly intoxicated, and then is trying to get him to come home with her and leave the other friend who is not so drunk behind. Uh, our, our protagonist uh, helps his friend get into a car, sends him home back to his house. This guy gets into a cab with the woman and they go buy more alcohol. She's trying to get him to drink more. He's fascinated and he wants to know what her game is essentially. So he wants to play along with it and just see like what's happening. He's feigning drinking more on his way to this other house. They get to the house and they walk up to it and the door is open. The front door is open. She's been gone from her house. The front door is just open. She goes in. He finds it to be very weird. He thinks he hears somebody else talking in the house. She keeps telling him he's there alone. It's just going to be the two of them. He hears her clearly talking to somebody. He says he's got to go to the bathroom, throws up all the alcohol that he can while he's in this house. Then he hears in the bathroom a third person talking and specifically mentioning like, you do it. No, you do it. You do it. So he's terrified for his life and he ends up escaping because he believes that they're going to do harm to him. And when we talked about the, ser the smiley face serial killings, it was all uh, athletic young men out drinking at a bar or oh, at yeah. a game or doing something and then they wind up dead you know, in missing a, for a while, in a body of water. then dead in a body mm -hmm. of water. That's interesting. And it just feels like this might, he, this guy might have encountered a group or the group that was doing that. And, you know, gosh, when I wouldn't be so like skeptical of the concept of some of these drownings having been murders. Yeah. But I guess it's the idea of it being a serial killer, it being like a specific group of people. Like, was it a club of some kind? Like, again, I think this is such good fodder for like a comic or something or like a, a really cool screenplay. I'm surprised no one's done this yet. Like, maybe there's some interesting ritualistic reason behind doing this or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, or some kind of fetishistic thing. I, I think it's fascinating. I, I think it got debunked enough in, in the materials that we found for that episode in terms of just like the too much happenstance, too too much uh, coincidence in, in the, the replacement of these smiley faces. At the very least, that's a red herring, right? The smiley faces. Yeah. Because it's just such a ubiquitous graffiti symbol. And most of these people were found in bodies of water where there's like retaining walls that are going to be tagged up or whatever. And it was uh, it was a relatively low number of, uh, of, of happy faces. In, in my opinion, it – is likely not connected, but it's also impossible to completely discount at this point because we have so so little information. Um, well, that's really interesting. So check out Radio Rental. It's episode three. See what you think in th see what you think about the episode in connection with our episode on the Smiley Face Killer. Oh, oh I'm going to play one last one here before we go, and then we'll just just say goodbye. It's really quick uh, because it actually has to do with the Smiley Face Killers. Hi. My name is Ezra. I live in North Carolina. I just finished the Smiley Face episode, the serial killer episode, and I have a very similar story that I would like to share. In 2012, I was in high school in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I had a friend 
and her name was Kayla Campbell. And December 1st, she went missing. Uh, she called her mom and told her she was on her way home and then never came home. And then seven days later, they found her body at the bottom of a pond. They said that she had finished the rest of her antidepressant medication, jumped into the pond, and drowned. The medical examiner ruled it as an accidental drowning, but a few months after, maybe it was a year after, I came across this article on alternatedimensions.net, which isn't necessarily a very reputable source, but they mention someone called the, the Lewis Clark Valley Serial Killer, who has apparently been active since the 60s. I haven't done too much research on it, but it's very easy to find this stuff on Google. Just Her name is Kayla Campbell. She went missing on December 1st. They found her body on December 7th, 2012. Honestly, until you mentioned that it was mostly men being affected by the Miley Face serial killers, I was almost expecting you to mention this story specifically, even though it's such a small story and only my own tiny town outside of Charlotte really knows what happened. Do you want to do some research? It's out there. Uh, have a good night. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking at WBTV. They've got a website, WBTV.com, and it's got an article about Kayla Campbell. And, I mean, it's really tragic. It's awful. But now we know. Now I'm going to look into this. I'm personally going to look into this and think about it in connection with the, the smiley face serial killer or, you know, killers alleged killers. And also the Lewis Clark Valley serial killer. I'd never heard of that. And now I'm looking into this. It looks like it was something 79 and 82 in northern Idaho. That's where uh, that's where it occurred. There's several missing people. Wow. Okay. We're going to look into both of those things. Um, we're going to see, see what, oh, it looks like Otis Tool was implicated in this. Oh no. man, this is a really interesting. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna. We, this is probably gonna be a whole episode. I think that's smart. Um, yeah. and I think we can probably put the uh, the kibosh on this episode for today. All right. I mean, I know we got. What'd you say? You had like two hundred more of these that you haven't sifted through, and you did <laughs> such a fine job with these, man. These are some really good ones. Uh, yeah, there are a lot. I apologize if you've received a call from Man, this me. This is going to be the year of no apologizing, okay? <laughs> no, it's not, actually. <laughs> but uh, if you have received a strange call, or if you do receive a strange call from a number that you don't know, it might be me. Mm -hmm. So pick up. Yeah, or, it, or don't. Every once in a while, it'll be a robocaller, and they'll yeah. be like, uh, this is the sheriff's department, and we're looking for uh, donations. Is yeah, your, that's is your, it. Is your name Spam Risk? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I, I honestly have no idea what it's going to look like on your caller ID when you call in. I'd love to figure that out. Because you use the thing, like the the the, the service or whatever. You, you call them back yes. using the interface for whatever it is. Yes, this What's is... What's it called? What's the name of the service we use? Ring Central? Ring Central. Yeah. This is a disclaimer out there. This is a warning. If you do call, uh, it goes to my phone, my personal phone, and I can see the number that you called me from. And generally, I call people back yeah. if possible you to do. to let yeah. them know that we're you know uh, going to use their audio um, and just to thank them because we appreciate it very much. I got to say, Matt, after this one, I'm always a little skeptical about these. But after this one, 
I, want, I think we should do these a little more often. So we so we don't end up with this backlog because there's so many good ones. I yeah I agree. I think I, I really enjoyed talking with you about this, uh, Ben Void over there. Um, he's just making this inward hissing sound. It's very Lynchian and it's making me incredibly uncomfortable. But uh, you <laughs> it know. reminds me I. I just saw Tim and Eric and their mandatory world tour last you, you night. You went to that? Uh, my gosh, you guys. Uh, it very much reminds me of the Black Void over here with Ben. It is just insane. It is insane and hilarious. Yeah, I and can. I couldn't recommend it more. I, I saw on cinema. It was uh, it was just Tim and Neil Hamburger and or That's whatever amazing. his name, Greg Turkington. And uh, Emilio Estevez's father was in it. And yeah. The, but that was one of the coolest live things I've ever seen, comedy things I've ever seen. So I'm very jealous. I'm sure they go all out for the awesome show live. Um, yeah. Hey, did you see it in your town? Let us know. You can, uh, you can check us out on social media. We're either Conspiracy Stuff or Conspiracy Stuff Show one of those or the other. Um, if you want to check me out as an individual human person, you can find me on Instagram at HowNowNoelBrown. Uh, ben Void is not going to call it his social handles today, but you, you, you remember. And if you did happen to check his out right now, you might get a sense of where the corporeal Ben form is lurking. And I'll tell you, it's pretty interesting stuff. Although you have no idea when we recorded this or how or where. Oh, that's true. The stories might have all expired by then. <laughs> he, he only, yeah, he's he, Ben, uh, corporeal Ben is pretty exclusively stories on Instagram. So those those have a, a shelf life. Um, Matt, you're, what are you, are you still... Uh, Matty Two Hands HSW. At, I think it's uh, I think it's Matt Frederick underscore iHeart. That's something right. Like that. it, it certainly is. I tagged. Did you see that picture I tagged you in? Uh, it was from the Dan Harmon trip. It was my friend Matt took a picture on his like Instax camera, and I tagged you and Ben. And I it's a did. Very sexy picture of you guys. Is Let me it tell. Really? Oh, uh huh. It's got that underlighting. I like that it. Made me feel like I looked terrible. No, I didn't. Oh, I thought you looked awesome, man. You looked like some sort of sci-fi cyberpunk hero. Whoa. Um, if you don't want to do any of that, uh, you can also, obviously you can call our hotline, the hottest of lines, get that hotline bling when you call 1-833-STDWYTK. Um, and if you don't want to do that either, which shame on you, because, um, you know, we need we need your content. Help feed the content monster by calling that number and leaving us your, your, your dirty secrets. Uh, you can just send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Listen. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.